0: welcome into Poke the Bear episode eight. I'm Evan Maronofsky alongside host Connor Ryan. This great podcast is presented by BetUS. Go there now. uh, Connor, how we doing?
1: I'm doing swell, Evan. How you doing?
0: I'm doing well, doing well. It's a nice Friday morning. For you listeners, it's Saturday morning. So uh, assume it's nice. The weather's been nice. So that's been great. Feels like it's summer's kind of Make, summer didn't really want to leave, so Summer's like, ah, eh,
1: stay it for saw, a little while. Summer saw everyone uh, last weekend going to like you know the pumpkin patch and and going to apple picking. Like, nah, we're not, we're not doing this quite yet. We're not, we're getting the shenanigans. We're delaying this a little bit. So
0: Su- Summer's like, uh, enjoy, enjoy I, eighty
1: degrees again.
0: Summer's like, I ain't leaving.
1: I'm mm-hmm. fucking
0: leaving. So <laughs> that's uh, that was uh, that's been the Summer the past two days. Hopefully, it, I don't, I don't have my weather app available. Part of my preparation for each show is typically not looking. At the weather but next week it at least in the Boston area it should be uh, 70s so that is never a bad thing uh, when you, you don't know what the pandemic's gonna make us do in the winter so uh, at least it yeah least exactly it's nice I'm, now. I'm
1: gonna be cherishing this because I mean all these these poor businesses out there it's like once this thing hits you know December January it's I saw in New York City they're doing like they build like these little igloos. Like, out on, like, the curves where, like, they're going to heat it up to, like, 80 degrees. So, maybe they'll do that here.
0: But 80 would be a little uncomfortable. Imagine just sitting <laughs> be, in, like, a imagine, bubble yeah.
1: 80 degrees. It's like a hot pot place, too, so you're already, like, sweating.
0: It's, like, you're drenched and you're drinking <laughs> and you're just, like, miserable. And then you walk out of the bubble and it's, like, 25 degrees. Um,
1: <laughs> that would, like, wake you up, though. if You go in, like, in between. Oh. That. It's, like, it's like when you go to, like, one of those saunas and it's, like, out in, like, uh uh, like New Hampshire, or something like that, and seeing like an outdoor one. So you walk out, and it's like that, like wall of cold hits you.
0: Yeah. Oh no, it's absurd. And that thing in New York City, <laughs> <laughs> great idea. Eighty degrees, not so much.
1: However, yeah, if you're eating like dinner or something, then it wouldn't be too much fun.
0: You're, you know, you're on a first date. You're just <laughs> sweating <laughs> through a shirt already. So then you get in the eighty degree bubble. You, know, you shouldn't have even worn
1: like the light blue dress shirt anyway. It looks like you jumped into a pool. Yeah, you know, it's oh.
0: terrible. Oh my God, they um, it's but in Boston they have. Approve 10 people at tables, correct?
1: Yeah, 10 people at tables, and I think you can sit at the bar now.
0: So it's almost back to normal. Just go back <laughs> yeah. in. <laughs> yeah, it's fine.
1: It's that, that of the 80-degree bubble, so it depends on, you know, what your preferences are.
0: You either risk COVID or risk. Maybe, maybe you and do that sweat. so that
1: way that way when you get loaded up on beers or something like that, you can sweat out the toxins as you're doing it. So you're kind of helping yourself.
0: It's not a bad point. That is, yeah. that is not a terrible point. I mean, maybe it's still granted
1: this is a, this is a dreadful plan. So I don't oh. think anyone should follow us. But I'm doing what I can to save myself from saying eighty degrees, Evan.
0: I, I don't blame you. I, I won't be in New York City anytime soon, anyways, so I don't think I'll have mm-hmm. to do that. Uh, it's sad to the deep dish pizza companies, though, because they're going to have, you know, just like everybody else, they're going to have a really tough winter not having people be able to sit outside. Oh, yeah, yeah. Food's, so, food's so good. Yeah. So, you know, it's I don't want it to be a Cheese go away.
1: casserole just like bubbling up as you're trying to enjoy it, as you already Hell sweat. yeah,
0: baby. And tomatoes, cheese and tomato casserole. Yeah, it sounds great. Uh, but so, speaking of the future, uh, speaking of the unknown, today we are going to play. The free agent game. Ba-bum, ba-bum. We are going to go through the big dog free agents on this market, and we are going to debate, and it's going to get heated. It's going to get more heated than those bubbles. Actually, I don't <laughs> think it's going to get heated at all because I think we probably have the same opinion <laughs> on most of these guys. Yeah, it's going to yeah. For the, for the big free agents, we're going to discuss whether or not we think the Bruins should or will go after them, which I think the will is interesting because they do have a lot of cap space, 15 million as of right now. Um, and then we're going to discuss some trades, uh, or the big fish that are might be traded this offseason, whether or not the Bruins uh, will have a hand in any of those. So on last show, uh, we discussed Alex Petrangelo a little bit. I, I would say he's probably the biggest free agent fish, so to speak. The biggest fish in the in a kind of big, not-so-big pond uh, that is free agency. Um, he came in fourth for Norris uh, this year, rightfully so. I mean, he could probably come in third. Uh, mm-hmm. Really – Really good right-shot defenseman on St. Louis. You Bruins fans remember him well. Um, biggest fish in the pond this year, Connor. Uh, should the Bruins go after him, and will they go after him?
1: I mean, I think any team would love to add a guy like Alex Petrangelo to their team, but I, I view it as just one of those moves where the Bruins have a, a whole bunch of different uh, spots to to take care of this offseason, whether it be you know, getting a top-six guy or especially a left-shot D if Tory Krug walks and adding Gallic guy like Petrangelo, who is going to cost you a ton of money for a long term. He's already 30. I think he turns 31 pretty soon once the new season starts. I don't think it's, you know, his birthday's in March or anything like that. Um, so would the Bruins love to have him? Yeah, sure. You know, he's a, a guy that could be your next kind of franchise defenseman in, in a couple of years. But it's almost like uh, – in 2011, when the Red Sox got Adrian Gonzalez, which is what they needed, like a middle-of-the-order guy, they had a hole at first base. He's like, oh, yeah, this is going to be great. And then they signed Carl Crawford, like, a week later. Everyone's like, oh, okay, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, yeah like, <laughs> I know him. He's good with the
0: right. Here.
1: It's like, uh, and, you know, perhaps that's a bad comparison in terms of the fact that Carl Crawford is not, would not bring you what Alex Petrangelo will bring you here, at least for the first time. On the couple.
0: ice. Carl Crawford would yeah. be terrible on the ice.
1: Exactly. I mean, you don't know. You know, he's from Texas, so, you, you know, he's not, like, you know, maybe well-versed, but it's like it's like Patrick Chung, dude. He, he was, like, Bruins oh, could yes. sign him as a fourth-line guy. Yes. He was flying out there. Um, no. But I think you look at Petrangelo, and, yeah, he would, I think he would help mo- most te- every team. I mean, l- l- let's be real. He's a legitimate franchise defenseman, and even though he's 30 – he's not a guy that I think's all of a sudden going to drop off, you know, at 33, like he'll still, I think be a, a at least a top pairing guy three, four five years into that deal. Um, but you kind of look at where the fit is and where the Bruins need to really address some of the holes in this lineup. And you sign Petrangelo, who's a right shot D. All right. Are you moving Brandon Carlo then to, you know, are you trading Brandon Carlo to get a, a top six forward, which, you know, could work. Um, are you doing anything with McAvoy? You, you know, you have to take away from spots of your lineup where you're already kind of set to add a, a luxury at that spot at with Petrangelo, because you know, the the Bruins should be focusing on other spots where you don't have to worry about your finding your next franchise defenseman. Cause honestly your franchise defenseman is Charlie McAvoy. You know, he, he finishes 10th in the Norris and, you feel like he's going to get just better and better each year, especially this year where I think he's getting a lot more offensive opportunities. So it wouldn't surprise me if this is the year that he's, you know, 40 plus points and, you know, logging 23, 24 minutes a night, um, which, you know, is what he should, seems to show every single year, uh, kind of building to that level. So would you like to get Petrangelo? Yeah, of course. But I think when you look at what the, the money is, you got to hand out to get him coupled with the fact that, like you know, it puts your decor over the top for sure. But I think the Bruins would be better versed addressing that left shot, let that left side of the defense, and then getting a top six guy. Because I mean, Alex Petrangelo is already playing hotball with the Blues, who like, I think we're offering him like eight and eight, eight and a quarter or something like that. Eight, 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 years, eight years eight and a quarter, eight, eight and a quarter. And it's like he's like, ah, I want Roman Yossi money. I'm like, All right, well. Yeah, Good luck, buddy. I, I mean, I, I'm like, I agree with what the Blues are doing. Like, yeah, good luck, man. Like, the, we haven't, we're have in a flat cap right now. Like, no one's getting, like, that kind of money. Is you're 30 years old. Like, I mean, again, I think we talk about this every single time we talk about free agents, but never doubt the one dipshit team that's going to give them that money. Someone's going to oh. give him, like, 10, 10 and a half.
0: Yes, you know, I one's think one's co- there could be out. a couple teams that do oh, that. Oh, yeah. Um, absolutely, because teams are dying for no- – there are teams that are dying for a legit number one defenseman. Mm-hmm. who is a popular name who they can market, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I think <clears throat> the the avalanche have been talked about as a team uh, and they're not looking, I don't think they like desperately need Petrangelo, but they have the cap room yeah. um, and they've been Vegas. talked about for Vegas as well. They love older, you know, free agents. <laughs> they can sign for a really long amount of time. They were pissed.
1: Um, they, were pissed they lost out on Carlson, So they're just going to throw like $11 million at Petrangelo.
0: The, they're Vegas over there printing money um, yeah. and just extending their own salary cap. Uh, but I think if you, if if you could somehow convince Petrangelo to take a four or five year deal, mm. uh, I don't know how you would do that. Uh, he has a Stanley cup. So I think he just wants his moolah now. Um, I don't think that you're going to be able to do that. If you could, if you could get him to go four or five years for even 9 million, I wouldn't hate that. Like that fine, but he's not going to take four or five years. That's yeah. not going to happen. Um, it just isn't. He wants a lot. He wants eight years. He wants $9 million. Um The Bruins are not in the position to give that. We say this with a lot of free agents who are over the 30 uh, year old hump that in the middle of that eight year deal, and we see it with Krug, who we'll get to in a second, uh, the, come the middle of that deal, that deal is going to look really bad. Um, and there's also, he wants different no movement clauses. He wants, Petrangelo, he wants different, um, you know, buy out their little options that the blues are kind of like when they, I think they gave him the contract. They wanted it to sort of have some protections for them down the line. And I think Petrangelo was like, no, I, I want all my money. So and <laughs> I don't blame him. He wants his money. He deserves it. Um, a cup, but
1: yeah.
0: In a flat cap era like this. And uh you know, I'm surprised. I'm just surprised he kind of screwed over his, his the only team he's ever known kind yeah. of in the way that he did. Um, but again, as you said, the Bruins also have to pay Charlie McAvoy in a few years, which is not going to be cheap. Mm-hmm. I thought they should have paid McAvoy a long-term deal when they had him last off season. I thought, you know, six, seven years, uh, and money that looked expensive now, but cheap down the road would have been great, but, mm-hmm. uh, they didn't do that. So now you gotta, you're going to have to pay a, a lot for him and what's, but what's good about the McAvoy stuff is he's going to be young. So you're gonna have no problem giving him an eight or nine year deal right. because, you know, He's young, and yes. that deal won't look bad at the end. So, mm-hmm. uh, but that will with Petrangelo. So I think he probably goes to Vegas or Colorado. Um, I don't really know of anywhere else. I mean, t- Toronto's an interesting option. They don't have the, the cap that's for all they it. T-
1: that's all they talk about. You go, like, every single year, whoever's the new hot free agents, them talking about, even though the effect they've committed. You know, they've tied up over like a half of their capped four dudes,
0: half a billion dollars. In, it's uh, in,
1: like, um, I mean. If they go out and do that, sure, you, you know, enjoy trading, you know, who, who's it going to be, Nylander and, you know, Janssen and a few of these other guys. Like, it's it's feasible they could do that. But then, all right, are you tying up even more your cap to a 31-year-old guy? Like, well, Petrangelo would help them out quite a bit. There's no doubt. Looking all the that thing. I mean, they
0: have so quarters. much on offense.
1: Yeah. But also, like – you look at that core they have there, and it's, like, even if you tie up a spot with Petrangelo, it's, like, I don't – if they sign Petrangelo, I don't look at Toronto and be, like, there, there, there's the wagon we've been worried about for years. It's, you know, I, I we talked about this, I think, last podcast, but I have more faith in, like, a, a young core like Vancouver getting stuff done and making, like, uh, an impact in the postseason than that crew, even with yeah. Petrangelo. I mean, I mean, it helps quite a bit. you got a Stanley Cup winning captain, but –
0: They're a weird crew over in in Toronto. I mean, Tavares seems like an odd duck. I I just – I there's something to the fact that when he was with the Islanders – now, granted, the team might not have been as good when he was there, but he made that team better in New York, and now they've gone farther than they ever went with him the past couple years. And he's been weird in Toronto. And, you have Austin Matthews, his weird incidents where he's mooning like cops and like, you know, you have Marner and you – it's just – it doesn't – it's, it's a skill. Lady, lady
1: being a nominee, Austin Matthews, by the way. It's...
0: Yeah, speaking of lady. Um, yeah, good job. But,
1: good job, guys. But,
0: but it's just it's a weird group, crew, and they have nobody on defense. They have Muzzin. They had uh, uh, Tyson Berry. He's probably gone. He's gone, um, yeah. He's Cody gone. Cody Cece,
1: who, if you're priced out of getting Cody Cece, he kind of screwed it to me. That's why I go into Petrangelo, but... You don't know what, they're doing with, you know, you know what they're doing with Frederick Anderson, even? Like, hearing him being mentioned as a trade candidate, and uh, you know, that seem, seem, just seems like, again, it's still so top-heavy that even if you get Petrangelo, over half your cap's going to be tied up to then, what, another four guys. Even if you move Nylander, you're still replacing with a guy who's going to be more expensive, who's going to 30, did- 30, 31.
0: It's a flawed build. I mean, that's really what it is. They built that team the wrong way. And now it's too late because you have all that money tied up up front. So um, I see Petrangelo going to a team like Colorado or Vegas anyways. Uh, Toronto would be kind of fun, but uh, it probably won't happen. Uh, The next one, Taylor Hall. Uh, Taylor Hall, I thought the Bruins should have went harder for uh, at the deadline because you would have only had him for half a year. You didn't have to have him for a long time. Connor, do you think the Bruins should or will go after Taylor Hall?
1: And I think like most teams, they should you know kick the tires on a guy like Hall. I mean, he's the best forward free agent out there and a guy who I think if Taylor Hall kind of kept up the level of production he had two years ago when he won the hot with New Jersey, he'd probably be priced out. You'd be looking at ten and a half, maybe $11 million a year for the guy. But the year after he wins the hot, he gets injured, even though his production was still good, um, just the fact that he missed some time. And then this past year, it seems like, It was just you know, a bad timing for him in terms of leading up to a contract year, even before COVID and a flat cap happened. I mean, he's with that jersey team that people thought was going to be good, even though that team was still pretty (laughs) garbage. I don't know why that was like a trendy pick. It's like they got PK Subban, who's only good on the power play now, and Jack Hughes looks like he should be the Naked Brothers band. He's like, he's like 140 pounds. I think I'm,
0: I think like we are bigger than (laughs) he (laughs) is. So,
1: I mean, you look at that team, that team wasn't ready to contend anyway, but that team was flawed. They had just not enough pieces around, you know, a guy like Hall to let him kind of continue that production he had over his first few years in Jersey. And then he goes to Arizona. And, again, we talk about it all the time, but you go to Arizona, your offense just dries up. I don't know if it's the system over there or you you just didn't have the right pieces around him, but he didn't you know, overly impressed when he was in Arizona. Phil Kessel didn't impress this past year with them. So it's kind of a weird situation for him. So the fact that he, you you know, you could probably get him for eight and a half, maybe, maybe nine, like eight and a half is maybe the low ball in terms of what he would sign. It's feasible that the Burns could, you know, be in the running for him. It's just, if you do that, you have to really kind of look around the rest of your roster to see how you can kind of make some of that space. Because I mean listen, you, you sign Taylor Hall and unlike a few of these other, you know, uh guys we talk about like Mike Hoffman or a few of these other guys that a lot of their offense is brought from five on five play and, you know, they're kinda of poor played on the other end of the ice. Taylor Hall is a sound kind of guy that um is gonna give you consistent five on five scoring. Um you kind of look at his numbers too. And he's not a guy that has really had a lot of strong centers kind of playing with him in his career. And he still kind of is driving lines by himself. So if you put him with Krejci or or another guy like that, you know, who knows how much he can kind of build off of that. Especially if you go to, if he goes to the Bruins, he's probably going to be what a second line guy. He's not the guy, you know, which that does quite a bit in terms of balancing out that scoring. So even if you put, if you put, you know, Uh, Hall, and Posternak is a line. You want to balance it out a little bit. It's pretty good. (laughs) Like, you've got pretty damn good top six. For how much we talk about how the Bruins need to get a guy. Get a guy with Taylor Hall, you don't have to really worry worry about it. You don't have to trade assets to do it. However, you will have to trade assets other, across the rest of the roster just to fit that, fit that cap hit in there. Um, if it's eight and a half million, because, all right, you know, Krug's walking. Um, you got to sign grizzly and again i think we've talked about quite a bit of we don't know what that term or an average annual value is going to be um i would guess you'd probably have to trade the brusk you know as an rfa um just because he would take that you know second left wing spot next to Craigie. um just in terms also just to make the money fit because then you'd have to look at probably getting Moore's contract off the books um you know probably via trade Richie, uh, we talked about a little bit with the buyouts. I mean, you literally would save money if you bought him out. You know, the optics don't look good. I think you can counter it by saying, all right, we have Taylor Hall. Where, Bye. It, Yeah, it works out that way. So, um, But even then, you still have to probably do a couple different smaller moves or something like that. Because you also, again, we have to account for the fact you need to get a defenseman. So unless you're happy with rolling out like back in island or Zaboral, we'll, like um, we'll, we'll toss out. Let's just say like, I don't know, Brady Shea or Darnell Nurse or just a, a, a top four left shot D. If you trade, you know, DeBrusque and a few other assets for them, you know, that could probably work and you could bounce out the money a little bit, but you're still right up against it, if not a little bit over in terms of adding a guy like Hall for eight and a half and then, you know, an established defenseman uh, like Nurse or something who's, you know, five and a half million against the cap. So is it feasible? Yeah, you know, if they're in the running and Hall values, you know, going to a contender or playing in Boston or something like that, because I really don't know what exactly he's looking for. Because he talked about the fact that he wants to win more than anything, which, yeah, of course, I mean, he's he hasn't had much luck in his career. Also, I think he wants to get paid, let's be real. Like, there's people who are talking about maybe it becomes very feasible for the Bruins if... Paul wants to sign like a one year kind of short term deal or something like that to try to win before paying out again next year. If the cap gets better, which one, I don't think the cap's going to jump up and two, he'd be extremely dumb to do that when this is his payday. He's not going to get as much as he thought probably he did when he won the hot, but he's still going to get, you know, eight years, 64 millions at least. Right. So, um, so it, I'd be all for them being in the running for him. If they sign him, I think you'd move the pieces around to accommodate, you know, the fit in terms of the cap space. But um, it all kind of depends, I think, on what Hall's looking for. I think there's a whole bunch of other teams that can offer him a bunch of money too. I mean, Colorado is one that stands out. They got like $25 million in cap space. Oh, um, fair. Yeah. I mean, they got to stop paying up a few guys the next couple of years. But, uh, you know, that'd be an appealing fit for a guy like him. But, if the Bruins were in the running, you know, might as well go for it. I mean, this was a team also that, you know, looked a few years back that they were going to contend for a couple of years, you know, back in 2018 with, uh, you know, come up short against Tampa Bay, but you still had the, the core was still in a good age. Pasternak is establishing himself as a player and the Bruins focused that off season getting John Tavares. So if you're, you know, see a guy like Hale Hall available, of course you're going to go for him. And, if he's interested, then you go all for it and kind of settle out the cap and stuff uh, after that, right? If, if Taylor wants to come here, you do what you can to, to bring him aboard.
0: I agree. I mean, I think, uh, as you said, a line of Hall, Krejci, Pasternak would be absurd. Uh, but there's one thing that's stopping you in all this, and it's that he's not your top left winger. Marchand yeah. is, and Marchand is making uh, 6 one two, five. Yeah. So you're going to pay your second line left winger, eight, eight and a half and pay your top left winger who's been here his whole career, you know, six part of the, you know, and and Sweeney's been very good at getting these guys to take hometown discounts. That's Mm -hmm. always been sort of the Bruins mojo is they they take less to win more. Um, But this seems like it sends a mixed message because you're bringing in a guy who isn't better than Brad Marchand or hasn't been in recent Mm -hmm. years and you're paying him 2 million more or even more than that. I mean, so, I just think it sends a bad message. It might, it, you know, you don't know what that could do uh, with riffs in the locker room with, with Sweeney, with management. So um, if you can get him in here on a short term, shorter term deal, you know, if you can get him for a year, sure. Uh, you know, two or three, which I couldn't see happening. Sure. Um, even if you wanted to do four or five years, you know, like I think five, four or five would be fine. Uh, mm. But again, I don't know what the message that sends to the rest of the team is like, Oh, we didn't really pay you, but we're going to pay this guy who, who's had, you know, hasn't really won anywhere, but we're going to bring him in here. Um, I think it'd be a great fit. I do. I think he rounds out your top six, you know, as you said becomes expendable. You have Kasha. So you, you know, Kasha would play better with Taylor Hall on his left, potentially, or up on the first line with Marshawn and Bergeron. So, Mm -hmm. um, Definitely fits. I just don't know if the long term, and I don't know if the, the money's great considering what the rest of your roster is making. Um, we've already discussed Tory Krug in depth. I'm not going to, nothing's changed there. He's probably going to walk. We both think that it's good for both sides. Um, so we will leave that there. Uh, the one last free agent we'll discuss: Braden Holpe. Is there uh, any yes. chance the Bruins kick the tires on Braden Holpe?
1: I mean, they might just sign him so he can stop tormenting them wherever he ends up going. So I don't think it's going to be back with Washington. But uh, I mean, we kind of saw that whole year that it seemed like maybe it was just a bad year for him. But he certainly looked cooked when you, when you saw him out there. I mean, he when we were breaking down, you know, the the teams that they were going to play in the bubble and you know the the seeding games and stuff like that. People were terrified of the Capitals. And granted, they've got a team that up front. And, you know, with some talents on the decor that, you know, you should bode well for the postseason, right? They got skill and size. But the big equalizer the last couple of years has been Holpe. But then you look at the numbers and you're like, oh, this guy was pretty bad this last year. I don't think he even had – did he have like a like an 899 save percentage or something like that? i like if, if look it up. was. it was – if it wasn't, it was not <laughs> – it was pretty close to it. I mean, he was not – he was not that good. Um And so, yeah, I don't think the Bruins are going to be in the running for him. Again, I I don't think we're going to see a lot of different changes with the current group in place with with Rascal. Oh, God,
0: Uh, you're right. 897 state percentage, 311 goals against average. Jesus. My numbers in NHL 20 uh, goalie (laughs) mode are way better than that. So that goes to show.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, I I do not think the Bruins are going to – be uh, looking at a Gallican, especially where I think we've talked about it before. That I don't think they're going to tinker with that that goalie duo anyway. But especially if they if they were to look for someone, they would I think would look at Leonard or Markstrom or one of those guys. Because I don't know, some team again is going to hire is going to sign Brayden holby to a dumb contract, but I'm going to be here. There will be a Florida
0: point. Panthers. They're in need of a, a dumb goalie contract. Yeah, it's like
1: that? well, you know, we need someone to back up our other really overpaid crappy goalie. And we need to send uh, Spencer Knight to the shadow realm where he'll never play outside Correct. of like, the ECHL once he's done with BC.
0: Yeah, Holpe's not worth it. It doesn't need oh. an explanation. You don't want Braden Holpe. Uh, and and again, you're right. The team's going to sign him a big old long-term deal with a lot of money. And it's going to... it's. I mean, like we can say now it's going to be bad. Like That's when you know signing a guy for a long-term expensive deal is just not worth it. When you can literally say... Before the contracts even signed, that deal is going to suck now yeah. and at the end of the seven to eight years. So,
1: and you know, you very know, also the Bruins are
0: interested to see who does that.
1: Yeah. I'm sure the Bruins are hoping, even though I think, you know, they had a few good games against Hopi. I think they chased him from maybe that game in December where it all kind of went on thrills at the end of it. I they think they did. I, mean, I think they, they buried did. a couple of goals against him there. So, but I think they'd be very, very happy if Hopi goes to. Minnesota or one of these other teams that they don't—they only have to see once or twice. I May mean, not even see them next year if they go kind of over the regional schedule anyway. So, so we'll I see. mean, you think
0: you think about it. A guy like Holpe has his cup. Like, oh yeah, I know that sounds like everybody wants to win, but like the one thing you want is a cup, and he's got it. So it's like, all right, like time to make all my money, and mm-hmm. if I have to go to Minnesota to do that, fine. Um, so we'll see about that. Don't know the future of these free agents, but I can tell you. You'll have a great future if you go to BetUS. Connor, tell the listeners about BetUS.
1: Listen up, sports bettors. This is Connor Ryan here to tell you about my favorite sports book, and that's BetUS. Football, basketball, and baseball are all back, and that means it's time to get down your bets. I only endorse one sports book, and that's BetUS.com. Why do you ask? It's because BetUS is the pioneer in online betting with more than 25 years in the business. you need a sports book with integrity and longevity, you need to know that you're going to get paid. You need a sportsbook that offers everything, including live betting, MMA, golf, horses, esports, entertainment, and all kinds of crazy prop bets and futures. Nobody in the industry gives you bigger bonuses than BetUS. So go to BetUS.com right now and fill out your information. It only takes one minute. When you get to the how did you hear about us box, type in Boston Sports Journal, and you can get up to 150% in bonuses on your first deposit. No one beats that. I bet at BetUS, and so should you. So join BetUS today. And don't forget to type in Boston Sports Journal to get up to 150% bonus on your first deposit. That's BetUS.com.
0: So actually, while you were reading that uh, that tremendous ad read for BetUS, which you should all go do, um, senators bought out Bobby Ryan. So that's a little bit of breaking news uh, on this on uh, this morning. Cause it's, you know, it
1: is uh, bio it is bio day, it, so we're gonna probably bio go out starts
0: once. today. So uh, I <laughs> it's believe- actually
1: that's actually pretty. It's pretty cold from them. I think people are talking about you know it's probably Ryan a, uh, a guy who's in a the they're like no like what he went through last year like that'd be horrible optics. And you see so Melnick's like
0: yeah you <laughs> just
1: like it hits the ignition. It's like
0: woo. <laughs> my first thought was like I thought they were like standing behind this guy. I guess yeah, not.
1: Apparently um, not. It is a business. at The end of the day, right?
0: Jesus, it Lord. is a business, and they are running a hockey team with that new not great so great logo. I don't. Love that new logo no, uh, in Ottawa.
1: It's like a Windows, It's like it's like a, it's like a Windows ninety five logo.
0: Talk about it, it looked it looked outdated back franchise. in ninety eight. It, it yeah. did, and it's such a boring franchise. That, like that team could have all the stars in the world, it would still be so boring. Like when they were on the verge of making the Cup final, you know the NHL was shaking. They were yeah, like we just don't want this team uh, in in the Cup no. final. But at any rate, um, speaking of other players uh, that could be traded, not bought out, but traded. Uh, Patrick Line is rumored to be being shopped by the Winnipeg Jets. I would imagine probably for a defenseman because, you know, they need one or seven. Um, are the Bruins a fit? Could the, could the Bruins potentially be a suitor for Patrick Line? So, uh, someone actually tweeted at me, you, and Ty last night. I want, I want, I was going to respond, but I wanted to address it on the podcast instead. Uh, what it would take to get Patrick Line. So will the Bruins be involved?
1: Uh, I don't think there's a particularly good fit there. I think Winnipeg – it's funny when you look at what Winnipeg wants uh in a move because the talks about – line I've really picked up the last couple of days. We've had a few established uh journalists up in Canada with TSN talk about the fact that Winnipeg's being pretty legitimate, like serious about about moving them because they need some pieces. And the one that's – the kind of the the fit that stands out in terms of what they need, they need – decor help, right? Because that defense is just obliterated compared to what it was even a few years ago. But also, uh, apparently they're looking at, they want like a top six center back from it, which is funny that you're looking for help down the middle when the reason why Liney probably hasn't been as good is because he hasn't had a consistent guy in the middle next to him. But like, alright, we're going to trade line A, who's like 22, to, just to get a top six center back. Um, but I don't really know if that's exactly a great fit for the, the Bruins. I mean, listen, he's 22 years old and he scored, you know, he's a consistent 30-plus goal scorer. He's probably going to score 40 goals the next couple of seasons, especially if he's with a talented team. But I think from the Bruins' perspective, I think you want more of a line-driving, you know, 5-on-5 five five guy.
0: Uh, oh, line-A driving?
1: Ah, there you go. That's exactly why I don't want him, just for puns like that. Um, uh, but, you know, I think you already have the, the finisher. Uh, you're kind of power play ace and a guy like Pasternak, so – I think for the Bruins, you'd rather be looking at, you know, guys like Paul Mary or even on Winnipeg, a guy like Nikolai Ehler, who's, um, you know, a 30-goal scorer, who's under term, who, you know, is good at five-on-five play as well, as opposed to Line A, who he's got that great shot, but you kind of – you already got that guy who's going to be waiting in the circle for for one time as an imposter knock. So, again <laughs> – If you have two of those guys, one on each one, it'd be great. But I think for what the cost is going to be to get line A, I don't know if it's going to be worth it, both in terms of what the cost is going to be, I don't even know what, what it would be. If, if they want a top six center, so what are you giving them? Krejci and Kahlo? Like, alright, well, that sounds like a terrible trade for a guy like Line a who scores, but isn't good defensively. You've had, you know, you hear the concerns of the fact that He kind of mails it in or kind of coasts through, which doesn't usually work out that well here because usually those people get crucified, uh, very yes. quickly on, which by everyone. <laughs> yes, exactly. So I don't know if you want a guy like that for what the cost is going to be to one acquire him and then he's getting you know, he's costing, I think like 6.75 million against the cap this year. And he's going to be a free agent again this upcoming year. So he's going to be, he's going to be asking for even more than that. He's going to ask for eight, eight and a half, nine million half, 9 million at least. Right. So, um, I, I just don't think it's worth it for, for the Bruins. And I think you look at a few of these other teams, like maybe Carolina where they got so much, you know, established, uh, defense, you know, if it's like Brett Pesci or, Brett Pesci and, you know, a few of these wingers, they have younger wingers. Maybe they can work out a deal like that. I just don't think the Bruins have the fit necessarily, especially, up, you know, down the middle as to what they can offer up to get a guy like Line. A. And, again, there's a lot of different guys you could acquire on the trade market, especially this year, if it's as active as we think it is. And I don't know if a guy like Line a, again, 30-plus goal scorer guaranteed, but I just don't think that fit is exactly what they're looking for as opposed to more of a line-driving 5-on-5 five five guy.
0: You don't need Lainé. That's essentially it. is not the guy you need. Another Carl uh, Crawford. Just, another Carl Crawford. Like, you're just kind of piling on assets you really don't need. Uh, you mentioned Palmieri, much better fit. Nikolai Ehlers, much better fit. Going to take you less to get as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think, like, watch the Bruins trade Brandon Carlo, and wherever he goes, he becomes, like, a 40-point-a-year defenseman. And he just, like, has this offensive side that is just so untapped. Um, he,
1: I mean, he's had a few – you even saw during the postseason he wasn't particularly good up in the bubble, but um, you saw that he got, like, more comfortable going on with, like, pushing the puck up himself. He had a few, like, pretty impressive, like, end-to-end plays. It was like, all right, well, I mean, I guess if you're playing the Tory crew, you kind of pick up some of those things from him, but he's not He's not a – black. he's not really a black hole defensive uh, – offensively. But no, he's not. But, again, he's not going to be – he's not going to be your – your 30 points or something like that it'll happen one year out of nowhere like the year if he if he does get traded he's gonna go somewhere so you can get like like 18 secondary assists or something like that so
0: that brandon carlo offensive dynamo feature i've had written since january yes finally be used like four years from now and i'm somewhere completely different like i could be covering a team that's like not the bruins and i could still be like you know what i'm i'm putting that feature out i don't care i worked hard on that uh but Covering the uh, Florida
1: Panthers with uh, Bobrovsky and uh, Brayden Holpe just <laughs> withering my, away.
0: <laughs> my editor in Florida's like, Evan, we need stories on Brayden Holpe, uh, Holpe and Sergey Bobrovsky. I'm like, no, 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 no. I have one in the bank on Brandon Carlo I wrote back in 2019. Yes. So I, we're going with that today. Uh, but so, uh, uh, no, line is not your guy. Uh, I don't think it's, it's worth uh, the price. I don't think, uh, as you say, he's going to be a free agent anyways. And he's going to be gone, and the birds aren't going to pay him. So, um, screw that. Uh, the other one's Oliver Ekman Larson. We'll discuss right before we, we uh, sign off. Uh, we've discussed this already, but mm-hmm. no, no. No. I mean, it, he's good. He's solid, but for the for the contract, for the price it's going to get, we're going to have to give up for him. Not really worth it.
1: No. I, I would literally rather sign Petrangelo, who is not really a fit, but would probably, call, if you're taking on that full Ekman Larson contract at eight, eight and a quarter, I would literally rather pay Petrangelo, who's a year older, who is better than Ekman Larson, than get a guy like than get a guy like Ekman Larson. Considering what one, you have to trade assets to get him, and then two, you you got that horrible contract. I mean, yeah, I, you get Ekman Larson, it helps your G-Core. not to the level though of getting a, a guy like Petrangelo, who one is, you know, established veteran, great, you know, uh, physical guy. I mean, he's six four, but also a great offensive guy. I don't know how Ekman Larson is a movie you get where you're like, alright, the Bruins are completely fully restocked and ready to roll. Like, you get Petrangelo, <laughs> you get Petrangelo, you're like, oh, oh crap. Like, I'd be shocked if they do it, but if it, like if they announce it, I'd be like, oh, well I don't know how they're gonna pay for this, but it's pretty good. Like, you get a guy like One him, you're- team. You, Yeah, exactly. Um, but <laughs> to bring in a guy like Ekman Larson on that horrible contract, I don't know how that's gonna work. So, there'll be already be some team who, who falls for it or something. Cause it seems like they're just doing a fire sale in Arizona now. I mean, their new GM had a, had a, uh, his opening press conference. And he said like, one, they're going to get creative. To that's always a bad sign. Hall, which is like oh yeah, that's a bad sign. And then he was like, I didn't come to Arizona just to get a tan. Which like imagine if like someone said that in Boston, like think they got a new GM who would just come in, he's like, I didn't come here for the Dunkin' Donuts, dude. <laughs> like no one would no one would think that's funny. Like no everyone would be like, Oh shit, like this is gonna be so bad. Like you can maybe get away with that in Arizona, but
0: no, imagine the GM it, comes out in Boston like I didn't come here to park my car and have a yeah, man, no, Except,
1: yeah. So I don't think that would happen. They would screw it up too. They'd be like, I didn't come here for the Krispy Kreme donuts, and like someone would just like throw a <laughs> shoe at them because it's like you don't you don't compare George those Bush like,
0: shoe, like, yeah, moment. Exactly.
1: yeah, exactly. <laughs> you um, get
0: up in the press corps <laughs> like. <laughs> it's, like,
1: it's yeah, so I uh I'm very concerned with what's gonna go down in Arizona. Those poor those poor Coyotes fans who uh, uh would thought they were gonna have like something to build off of and I don't think that's happening. So they
0: won a playoff round this year though. They did. Technically.
1: Um but yeah, <laughs> I mean unless you maybe if you work out something with Arizona and they take off some of the money and give you something else back, like um and there's a dude I, I love on Arizona, uh, Connor Galland, who's a guy, which makes sense for the Bruins would love him. I think he's from Scituate. Um I don't think he's your top six guy, obviously, but if you were looking for maybe a more consistent guy to put next to Coyle, I mean, Conor Galland's not really a big guy. I think he's 5'11", but you kind of watch him play, and he was kind of one of their unsung heroes this year. He had, I think, 20-plus goals. And um, for a guy that size, he's always – you know, buzzing around the net. He's always in great AI. So maybe you bring in a guy like him who fits all the, you know, the check, the check marks in terms of local guy, guy who could probably break out in a better role. Um,
0: Local guy. Yeah. Like they don't have enough of those.
1: Yeah. So maybe if you get more assets back, including getting Ekman Larson, but I, I just don't think the, that cap, that cap hit makes it worth it unless you're, Getting some relief from it and getting a few other pieces back because that's for a guy like him who is again a very good defenseman. You don't really know if he's trending downhill already, though. That's a lot of risk. Even even if you like if you get him for six and a half million a year, that contract still doesn't make you exactly thrilled when you just look at kind of the way he's been playing the last two two years.
0: I mean, Connor Garland put up twenty two goals this year in Arizona. That means anywhere else in the, in the league, yeah, like yeah, like you know, 40, yeah. 70. Like, yeah,
1: it's like. So
0: yeah, I, I I don't the the Ekman Larson thing. I I don't think it's gonna happen. I don't think it was a serious I think they kind of just kicked the tires. Uh, I think the GM from Arizona called Sweeney, and <laughs> Sweeney might like missed his call and. They were like, oh, he must have been calling about –
1: He was calling him. He's like, I'm going to drop this sick line during the presser, but I didn't go to Arizona for the tan. And Don Sweeney just hung up. Everyone just hung up on him. (laughs) Jim Rutherford was making his own horrible trades in Pittsburgh. Everyone just – Yeah, what the hell was that? Kyle Kyle Dues is just fine. Yeah, honestly, we talked about this before, the fact that the Bruins, honestly, if they even came back with the same kind of crew, like they'd have to make a few marginal upgrades, right? Or, you know – even if they brought back crew, people are like, well, this team's going to run into the same crew. It's like, all right, well, Toronto's still <laughs> a flawed roster. Tampa Bay is Tampa Bay. Like they're going to have to trade a few of their guys to get under this new cap limit. But even if yeah. it's, you know, they move in Palat and Kalorn, they're still going to be good. Like these are got Braden Point, Kucherov, Vasilevsky, Hedman. Yeah. Even if Stem goes healthy, but, Washington's probably gonna, their, their window's closing. Uh, Pittsburgh, I don't know what the hell they're doing over there. I mean, no idea. uh, just for a guy like Mike Manderson. it's like, I don't know why you, that's the guy you, you're going for when you already need to really fix that decor anyway. So yeah, there's a, again, it's one of the good things about the NHL is that there's at least half the moves you see, whether it's free agency or trades, make you want to rip your hair out because they don't make any sense. So
0: I don't understand. I didn't know Mike Matheson carried an average annual value of 4.8 up until it's, 2026.
1: Again, it's crazy that Florida would hand out a bad contract to a guy who's not worth, worth remotely that much money. So No
0: way. I, I didn't know they did that.
1: Yeah, so... Who knows? Hopefully the Bruins don't make moves like that this offseason because that'd be pretty terrible if they settle themselves with a guy like Matheson. That's who you don't want to trade your assets for because we, we, we talked about like, you know, Nick Richie, if they bought him out, it makes sense on a financial standpoint, but just the optics of it, that's just completely wasting the guy you traded Heinen for when you could have gotten, if you were intent, if you were intent on trading Heinen, you could have gotten a lot uh, better return from from any other player. You know, I'd rather have Connor Garland than uh, Nick Ritchie, You know, so that would be a
0: perfect trade. That would actually be a perfect trade. Yeah, um, so, but they didn't do that. Yeah, so and the rest is history. So uh, Connor as always uh, fun times on uh, episode A to poke the bear. Brought to you by BetUS. Is there anything that you're working on that the BSJ listeners should know about?
1: Yeah, so uh, we're going to drop something uh, this weekend, breaking down. The NHL released a new memo talking about off-season training, so we don't know when the league's coming back, but we could have players at Warrior working out uh, as early as, I think, October 15th. So we'll have a breakdown on that. Um, We did a a story last week breaking down the uh, free agents that the Bruins should avoid. We're going to do one looking at guys that they could pick up, not guys like Hall, who I think we'll we'll do a little bit of a deeper dive into, but – Kind of those, you know, bottom, uh, you know, bottom six guys, or maybe a guy who could fit in next to coil if the price is right, or uh, maybe a third pairing D guy. So we'll get a few of those guys that maybe aren't gonna steal the headlines from once free opens up, but a guy that, if he's available and the Bruins have the ru- the cap room, could make an impact. So we'll have that on uh, BSJ. So subscribe at Boston Sports Journal, and uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Connor Ryan underscore ninety three.
0: Do all of that, and for Evan Maranowski and Connor Ryan, this has been Episode 8 of Poke the Bear. You have a great rest of your day.